Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you to Kaijun's webinar series on exploring single-cell transcriptomes using bioinformatics solutions from Kaijun, which will be presented by Dr. Uh, Nido Emin and Dr. Jean-Noël Biel. My name is Ilian, and I'm your host for today's webinar. Now it's, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce to you today's speakers. Um, today's presentation will be uh, Today's webinar will be co-presented by Dr. Amin and Dr. Bio. Dr. Nito Amin is a bioinformatics scientist at Kaijin Bioinformatics. He joined Omicsoft, which is a, a now a Kaijin company in 2017, specializing in customer data and support. Dr. Amin has a training in de uh, developmental biology, obtaining his PhD in genetics and development from Cornell University and has done his postdoc uh, post work in cardiac uh, development in frog and mouse models at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. During his postdoc work and subsequent work at a, uh, as a research associate at North Carolina State University, he developed a number of methodologies applying next-generation sequencing to determine the mechanisms involved in congenital heart disease and um, laterality defect, uh, defects. Dr. Sean L. Biu is a senior principal scientist at, at Kaijin Bioinformatics. Before joining Kaijin, Dr. Biu joined Ingenuity Systems in 2008 as a staff scientist um, in silico research program in oncology and infectious disease. Dr. Biu holds a PhD in blood cell biology from Paris 7 and has done his postdoctoral work at Scripps uh, Research Institute, studying the impact of feline Im uh, immunodeficiency virus and Borna disease virus on brain cells. He pursued his career at the Vaccine Research Institute of San Diego, where he co-developed a universal vaccine platform using the core antigen of uh, hepatitis B virus in order to target infectious disease as well as uh, metabolic, metabolic uh, disease and cancer. Now I will hand over the presentation to Dr. Amen to start. Great, thank you, Yi. Um, and hopefully everyone can hear me. Um, Yi, uh, just to confirm that you can hear me, just give a shout if you can't. Yes, okay. no problem. Great, thank you. Um, and so thanks for the introduction again. Um, and just for the audience, for thank you for attending. Um, what I wanted to discuss today is part of a two-part webinar that we're going to be hosting today as well as next Wednesday um, is using the Omicsoft platform, uh, which is part of the Kaijin family of bioinformatic tools now, um, and presenting some of the solutions that Kaijin and Omicsoft um, provide for analyzing single-cell transcriptome data sets. Um, next week, John Noel, uh, my colleague that's also on today's call, will um, show how to take the data set that we can analyze within Omicsoft and further interpret the data in IPA. So before I get started, I need to just present this quick slide here um, and allow you to read that for a few seconds. Um, the main point of this slide is to tell you that this, um, these platforms of Omicsoft and IPA are for research purposes only. So, um, as part of the Kaijin family, I wanted to um, kind of introduce you to our business model of sample to insight. Um, so for the biologists in the call here, um, you may be aware of many of the sample preparation kits that Kaijin has, 
um, all the way through actually analyzing uh, uh, the reads that you would get or pre preparing reads um, from your next generation sequencing. Um, Kaijin Bioinformatics provides a number of data analysis and interpretation tools um, to analyze uh, data sets, including microarray, DNA-seq, and RNA-seq um, through Omicsoft. Um, Omicsoft, as you mentioned, has become part of the Kaijin family in the beginning of 2017. And over the last two years, Omicsoft and Ingenuity Pathway Analysis, or IPA, um, have provided a number of integrated solutions for data analysis and interpretation. So for some of you that have been attending some of the Kaijin webinars that have been focused on Ingenuity Pathway Analysis, you may have an idea of Omicsoft in the new feature that was released over the past year known as Analysis Match. So the underlying data, um, including the gene expression, metadata, and comparison analysis that's available through Analysis Match in IPA was actually processed by Omicsoft by our PhD level scientists um, and the underlying data is all available to browse to the customers that subscribe to um, an Omicsoft product known as LANS. And so John Noel will kind of mention some of this as part of the analysis match uh, feature within IPA. So in addition to using analysis match to visualize curated public data sets, um, Omicsoft and IPA users can actually integrate um, these two platforms um, to analyze a variety of data sets um, directly within Omicsoft first and integrate these directly into Ingenuity Pathway Analysis. Um, and again, through Analysis Match, integrate um, your own expression data with the LANS products that we have provided. So this offers a solution to um, directly take DNA um, sequencing data that has been provided uh, from the sequencing center and combine it with the metadata that's been associated with each of your samples um, and immediately up, finish analyzing this data and upload it for interpretation in IPA. So in today's um, webinar, um, this is again a two-part webinar. Um, so during the two-part webinar, we'll discuss these four um, topics here, um, integrating these two platforms and specifically focusing on data that was generated from single-cell RNA sequencing experiments. So today I'm going to spend um, time discussing the different types of single-cell data that can be processed within Omicsoft um, and furthermore provide some examples of how to analyze data from a popular single-cell uh, platform known as 10x Genomics. Um, I'll further highlight some of the features within Omicsoft um, and show you some documentation that users can follow um, along with an example um, 10x Genomics data set. Next week, my colleague John Noel will show you how to take the results we obtained from Omicsoft um, using a type 1 diabetes case study um, and, in, and, again, analyze it within Omicsoft um, and ex examine its um, expression and differential expression within different um, samples um, using the knowledge base in IPA and the analysis of uh, various curated projects within Omicsoft lands. Um, and further interpret the data. So why should we really care about single-cell RNA sequencing? Um, for years, researchers have been able to take bulk tissue uh, preparations or even some sorted cells based on cell surface markers and perform RNA sequencing or microarray analyses. And 
traditionally, these studies have yielded a wealth of knowledge, um, whether it be about how tissues undergo differentiation or which genes are affected in a tissue uh, from a patient presenting a disease versus an otherwise healthy individual. However, these experiments have one major caveat, um, and that's an inherent, uh, there's an inherent variation to cells, um, even within the same tissue type or cell type. Um, and when we make the assumption that we, uh, when we make this assumption that the cells of a particular type are all identical, um, we're ignoring many of the factors that can actually distinguish cells from a particular population. And so this diagram on the left here shows some of these uh, possibilities. Um, for example, in a specific tissue type, uh, such as a pancreas, there may be a number of different uh, distinct cell types, such as alpha cells or beta cells, um, within, within that tissue. And so by taking a bulk population of just ground-up uh, pancreas and uh, looking at differential expression from disease versus normal, we're ignoring a lot of the different cell type specific differences. Also within a cell type, there may be what are known as continuous phenotypes representing different states of uh, specificity or differentiation. Um, and so um, by grouping all cells into one sample, we may be ignoring cells of one type versus another. Also, depending on the environment uh, in which the tissue is, the cells closer to the source of signaling may exhibit different behaviors in cells in a different location. So, um, and finally, in, in addition to all of these, um, we also must take into account um, that cells within a population may be reflecting a mixture of cell states um, that can also affect gene expression. So single cell methodology has emerged as a way to potentially clear these hurdles of heterogeneity and lead to more uh, specialized or distinct treatments um, within within a population. So in today's webinar, I wanted to introduce the OmicSoft platform uh, to those that are unfamiliar with OmicSoft um, and some of the solutions we have for single cell analysis. So OmicSoft was designed to be simple enough for biologists to use with a number of rich visualizations, um, but also powerful enough for bioinformaticians that really just would like to run large data sets or um, use scripting to automate um, analysis pipelines. So this, the points that I specifically want to drive home today and the take-home messages of today's webinar um, will be that OmicSoft has the ability to um, analyze many different types of single-cell RNA-seq platforms. Um, and particularly today, I'll focus on some of the newest modules that we've uh, designed to deal with one of the most popular um, methodologies for single-cell analysis, which is the 10x genomics. But within OmicSoft, we can also now take the data that we've analyzed and create a number of visualizations, such as um, analyzing expression um, for each gene in each cell. Um, but we can also further control the quality of the experiment um, and filter for specific cell types um, that uh, pass the criteria that we determine. Furthermore, we have downstream analytic tools that we've integrated within OmicSoft that will allow users to cluster cells and also identify marker genes for these clusters and differential expression between uh, different cell types. Finally, um, we have options to integrate data that's been analyzed in other pipelines if users want to simply visualize the um, data in, in a more user-friendly software. So one of the problems that biologists um, 
or for biologists, I want to analyze single cell RNA-seq data is that it comes in many different uh, varieties. And so um, I've kind of just demonstrated a few of the different um, technologies that have been used over the years to generate single cell RNA sequencing data. So traditionally, um, approaches have uh, involving uh, or involved um, using integrated fluidic circuits or fax analysis to sort individual cells and generate um, libraries um, that are that, that can be sequenced. Um, and these libraries have generally been used to obtain a, a nice coverage of reads across a gene's locus um, and allowing for more um, analysis of splicing effects in various cells uh, of a population. And while this can be effective, this is usually limited to a smaller number of cells, um, such as the 96-well or 384-well uh, format um, that the plates for these experiments would allow. In addition, um, due to the low starting material available in the single cell, um, there can be an inherent amplification bias um, when these libraries are generated that can add unwanted noise um, to differential expression analysis. So um, many um, transcripts may be over amplified um, and not accounted for within this type of analysis. So more recently, a newer technology has emerged that has really changed um, the scope of single cell analysis. Um, and this is using the adoption of what are known as unique molecular identifiers, or UMIs. Um, and these are added to the RNA molecules um, that are captured from each individual cell, along with a, a barcode um, that is uniquely identifying each cell within an array. So in these techniques, suspensions of cells or individually sorted cells will have these two tags applied to the cell. Um, the cell barcode, which will identify the individual cells, and the unique molecular identifier um, to uniquely identify transcripts. And so uh, with these technologies, by counting unique UMI tags for each gene, you can greatly reduce the amplification bias that was shown um, in the non-UMI studies. Uh, this technology usually introduces an inherent bias towards the three prime end of the genes during processing, and for this reason, uh, we need to treat this data um, differently than we do for non-UMI studies. And so you'll see um, in Omicsoft, we will treat um, studies that were created by uh, using non-UMI library generation um, as transcripts per million, where we normalize by the, the transcript length. Um, but because we're not getting full coverage of a gene locus with these UMI studies, we'll use um, just a simple normalization of reads per million. And so um, today's webinar, I really wanted to focus on these UMI type of studies um, and how to deal with uh, the unique molecular identifiers um, that um, are added onto these FASTQ reads or, or the, the files that are obtained from the sequencing facilities. And again, today we'll focus on the popular um, 10X genomics platform, um, but these um, these uh modules have been adapted to uh, potentially use other um, uh, technologies such as DropSeq or CellSeq. And so I'll show a couple of variations of this workflow that I've kind of um, diagrammed out here. Uh, but essentially the, the, the purpose of, of these workflows is once you've uh, prepared libraries with single cells that contain um, a unique cell barcode and UMI information, um, we need to extract this information 
um, and, and in this way, identify the cells that each of these barcodes are attached to, um, find a way to map all these reads to the genome, but then also count uniquely the, the reads that had um, individual UMIs um, and assign them to a gene. And so from, from the FASTQ files where you have a, a series of reads that contain a cell barcode and uh, unique molecular identifier, along with the read sequence for the, for the genes, we need to essentially take this file um, and demultiplex it so that we can, for each cell, quantify how many reads total there were um, and, and basically assign each cell um, a unique identity, map these reads to the genome, and then finally, once we've mapped these reads to the genome, count these unique reads and provide uh, the user a output that will show um, essentially a matrix such as this, where the genes are represented as rows in the table, and each individual cell will be identified by the barcode that it was provided here. And so we can provide a large matrix that will uh, essentially allow us to generate a number of visualizations and perform downstream analyses. So one added complication uh, with studies involving unique molecular identifiers is that um, in addition to just having this um, unique molecular identifier, depending on the library generation and sequencing platform, the information can be found in many different ways. Um, so for example, reads can be found in the header of a single-ended FASTQ file. Um, sometimes these reads will include a linker sequence, such as a poly-G here, between the UMI and the read sequence. Um, in other cases, paired end reads will be split um, so that the first pair or the first read will contain the cell barcode and UMI information, whereas read two will be the read sequence mapping back to the genome. And so there are a number of variations for how this is handled. Um, and so we at Omicsoft have developed ways to extract the information once a user knows where that sequencing facility or, or that platform has kept that information. So in addition to the complexity of where this tag information is stored on the platform, um, there are a number of additional complexities that we need to consider while we're working with single cell uh, data. For example, with the low input, um, there's a conundrum uh, where certain cells uh, in a clustered type will not always display expression of a gene of interest. Um, in other words, a gene is observed at a moderate expression level in one cell, but is not detected in another. And so we need to find ways to actually cluster these cells uh, well together. Um, in addition, um, with this new type of RNA-seq where we have uh, very low input um, and lots and lots of cells, um, what we need to do is apply new standards for what we call high-quality cells or what a minimal level of gene expression should be. In addition, because of the low input, there will be less coverage of um, all the genes and all the cells, and this will lead to an inflation of uh, zero uh, counts um, in that quantification table I showed in the previous slide. And so um, we need to make sure we can um, use um, analytics pipelines that can deal with this type of data afterwards. And finally, um, as we speak, there are lots and lots of methodologies that are still being developed, and more recently there have been new papers published um, with variations on even the, the 10x genomics where antibody information is captured with um, additional reads in a cell. Um, and so 
the point being that at Omicsoft, our scientists and developers are constantly evaluating the different methodologies that are coming out um, and constantly trying to uh, create additional modules that will be available to our users to um, essentially adapt not just to existing methods, but also new ones. And so because this webinar series has focused on IPA, I wanted to spend a little bit of time to introduce Omicsoft um, to everyone in this audience. Um, and so Omicsoft um, really uh, has a software package um, called Array Suite um, that consists of three parts. So the first part is what's known as the um, GUI or graphical interface known as Array Studio. Um, and this is a graphical interface that biologists can use to analyze data and create, create rich visualizations of the processed results. Um, at the beginning of the presentation, I mentioned um, LANs, um, and these are essentially disease-focused studies that have been curated and analyzed um, from the public domain um, at, by Omicsoft um, and harmonized in a manner that allows users to compare results both at the expression level as well as um, curating metadata throughout all of these studies um, and compare results from a number of different sources. And at the center of these two components is a race server. Um, a race server is used to manage um, user data um, and will usually be on a computer powerful enough to handle the uh, next generation sequencing analytics, but can also host the LAN technology and provide an interface for users to connect from their local computer um, and browse in their graphical interface here. So today I'm going to mainly focus on the analytics portion of Array Suite, um, and namely the graphical interface known as Array Studio. Um, and again, this can connect to the server software known as Array Server. So at Omicsoft, we offer many solutions to users to um, either purchase Array Studio on its own um, and essentially run the workflows that we've provided on a local machine. Um, and in this case, users can run pipelines and create the visualizations that I'll show uh, even in today's presentation. Um, for larger groups of users, uh, a more effective solution is to use a powerful machine um, and install what's known as Array Server, which Array Studio users can um, generate projects on um, and manage all the data um, and finally submit pipelines to run on this more powerful computer. Uh, and when Array Server is finished running these uh, jobs, Array Studio users can then download the process data back to their local machine and, again, create the visualizations that I'll show today. So for the biologist using Array Studio, um, it's essentially organized into different components, as I'm showing in this diagram here. From left to right, um, a user can organize data and results within projects um, using the Solution Explorer um, and also use many of our um, uh, pre, um, predefined workflows for analyzing different data sets. Um, individual data objects from the project can then be visualized in the table or figure format in the uh, center of the screen here. Um, all views within Omicsoft are highly interactive, and so um, users can interact with data in this view and populate a details view that will further show the metadata um, and, and, and further expression data associated with the points within this, within the figures here. On the far right, users can fully customize the visualizations in the center of the screen. Um, and so, for example, you can use filters for 
um, either samples or genes, but you can also customize the colors and axes and, and a lot more. Um, and within any of the visualizations, there are easy ways to export the um, images directly to um, image format or PowerPoint, as well as the tables to Excel or, or text documents. So I mentioned that Array Studio has the ability to, na uh, to analyze a number of different data types. Uh, and so this includes um, next generation sequencing, um, microarray data, um, even manipulation of various tables if you have your own tables that you want to import into the software. Um, and as you can see, there's a number of menu options for each of these different, um, for each of these different types of data that allow users to run analyses um, step by step. For example, for um, RNA processing, you can perform quality control um, before or after alignment. Um, you can filter um, the reads. You can perform the alignment, but then also um, perform separate analytics for mutation analysis, quantification, and so on. Um, but we also have pipelines um, that you can directly run in a single click. Um, and so there are many of our users that um, run these pipelines um, where they can just, in a single click, um, go from processing the raw FASTQ file directly through the quantification of uh, gene expression. So in addition to the pipelines that users can run within Array Studio, um, again, I mentioned that uh, users have the ability to interact with the data and create um, hundreds of visualizations. Um, and so these are just showing some various um, box plot views or heat maps that can be generated where um, the metadata can be used to further define um, which samples have a high level of expression or low level. Um, you can generate um, comparisons using um, DEseq and Voom with it directly within Array Studio. Um, and then we also have an integrated um, genome browser um, within Array Studio that you can stream your alignments to see how reads pile up along a gene's locus. Um, and not, last but not least, um, on the theme of the Omicsoft and IPA um, integration, uh, once users have com uh, compiled comparisons within Omicsoft, they can also directly upload this data to IPA just using their IPA account information within here. So um, coming back to single cell analysis, um, Omicsoft developers uh, over the past year have actively been working on workflows to handle different types of single cell RNA-seq data sets. Um, and the schematic here is essentially showing the various modules. So I mentioned we can do things step by step. Um, so we have a number of step by step modules that can be used um, by users to implement um, on their own single cell data sets. And it really starts with the extracting of the cell barcode and unique molecular identifier um, from the input FASTQ files that are provided by the sequencing facility. So along the way, users can take this pre-processed information of uh, cell barcode and uh, unique molecular identifier and perform some filtering based on quality scores of those tags, as well as um, whether the barcodes were provided in the experiment, um, whether they're represented in the FASTQ file, um, and a number of additional um, filtering that I'll kind of cover on the next couple of slides. These filtered reads are then extracted um, to give two types of uh, read files. So there'll be a FASTQ file and then a tag file that contains the unique molecular identifier and cell barcode information. 
this then can be used to um, align to the genome of choice, um, and the associated tag information will be um, kind of um, carried over in, in the alignment um, so that you can use this to then, from the alignment, quantify gene expression. Moreover, um, Omicsoft has, so from, from this gene expression table that you would generate with genes, again, or sorry, with genes as rows, um, and each individual cell as a column, we can then use some of the implemented um, R packages within Omicsoft um, that I'll discuss later in this webinar to fully analyze these matrices, um, including clustering cells um, or determining differential expression or various marker genes. And so on today's webinar, again, I'm focusing on a single data type that was um, generated from uh, 10x genomics. Um, and again, this is a very popular platform that a lot of our users are um, beginning to analyze more and more of. Um, and so what we've done for this specific um, data type right now is combine many of the steps here um, of pre-processing as well as performing quality control and filtering of the initial FASTQ files that are provided by the vendor. So um, another way of visualizing this workflow is actually following how the files will kind of um, be converted from step to step to into this tabular format where we can now visualize each gene and, and the gene's expression. So um, you know I've highlighted here steps one and two um, involve extracting the tag information um, as well as the uh, performing filtering on the cells to only include, um, for example, a maximal number of cells that may be expected for the experiment um, and um, ranking these cells by the number of reads that were provided. And I'll provide a, a better example of this on the next slide as well. Um, but once these uh, reads have been designated as the filtered FASTQ in the tag files, then they are now aligned um, to the genome of choice um, using Omicsoft's own alignment algorithm. And these BAM files will undergo further quality control um, for alignment metrics, which I'll highlight um, during uh, the, the further, uh, the future slides here. Finally, the, the cell barcode and UMI information is then extracted and applied to the BAM files where we can quantify the results again with cells as columns and genes as rows here. So using the implemented R modules, finally the cells can be clustered um, and further analyzed. Um, for example, um, shown in this GIF here, we can uh, overlay gene expression from the matrix that was generated um, at the previous step onto the different clusters we've identified, in this case for pancreas, um, you can see the different pancreatic uh, markers for cell types will color um, expression of each individual cell that's represented by a dot here. So I've mentioned that there's a graphical interface for each of the modules that um, for single cell analysis that Omicsoft provides um, to allow users to input parameters for the experiment without having to have any command line knowledge, but simply in inputting um, parameters directly into the uh, graphical interface here. Um, and so this screenshot shows the logistics of how to perform that first step of pre-processing the 10x genomics data sets uh, within Array Studio. So in the 10x uh, genomics pre-processing menu, um, users can simply input the path of the FASTQ files um, provided from the sequencing facility um, and input some basic filtering parameters, which I'll cover, um, as they're 
there's likely going to be a lot of noise in the single cell data sets. Um, and so we want to filter out for the highest quality cells uh, before continuing with alignment. So actually the files that are provided in the window here um, can actually be um, submitted by adding list um, by clicking on this button and providing a list of all the files um, that were in the experiment. And by adding this list here, this will populate the window um, with a full list of file names. And with that, the users can now set filters um, to filter for, cell for cells that um, are uh, most likely going to be the uh, most informative cells within the experiment. So um, from top to bottom, um, we can start by filtering um, cells that have a minimal cell read number. So for example, for each cell that I highlighted initially um, in, in one of the earlier schematics, um, once we've binned all of the reads per cell barcode, um, we can determine um, at least this many cells or this many reads must be present for a cell to actually be called a cell. Um, and so by default, we suggest using at least a thousand reads to, um, to essentially call a, a cell a cell. Um, and there'll be further filtering that will go uh, um, as we go into the next slides. Um, but this is a very low number. If, if we have fewer than this, you're going to have very little gene representation um, in each individual cell. So next, users can also specify, for example, how many cells were expected in the experiment. So um, again, if, if when performing the experiment, the user knows I used about eight to 900 cells in this experiment, um, we can uh, provide a upper limit of 1,300, for example, um, and again, to reduce the input for the alignment um, for two reasons. One is that the additional cells are likely going to be of very low quality. Um, but then the second reason is that um, we're going to reduce the input for alignment and thereby reduce the uh, time required to align these reads back to the genome. Um, and so the way these, um, these cells are filtered out is by ranking each cell by the number of reads it has um, and keeping um, the, uh, the cells um, specified here um, based on the rank order. So in addition to um, filtering uh, using these two parameters here, um, we can also filter reads just based on the read quality of the barcode as well as the UMI. Um, and finally, to ensure that you have um, specified parameters that you're satisfied with, Omicsoft will also generate a knee plot as shown here that plots the cells um, from this experiment that were extracted from these FASTQ files. Um, and so in this knee plot, um, on the y-axis, uh, we're plotting the number of reads per cell, and the cells are plotted along the x-axis. The plot is colored by um, what we chose to filter based on the parameters that we chose um, in these three filtering steps. And so the ones that are kept will be colored green, and the ones that have been thrown out will be colored blue. And so what this will allow users to do is examine um, the distribution of reads and cells in an experiment and determine if this is an appropriate um, representation of what they would like to see aligned or if they would like to uh, further um, filter cells that are um, that have maybe fewer reads or just a few more, include a few more cells in the experiment. So once um, you're satisfied with the result of pre-processing, 
then users can go ahead and map the resulting files to the genome. Um, and once the reads have been aligned to the genome, there's additional criteria that can be used to further filter the cells kept in the experiment. So I've discussed some of the filtering that is done when um, processing the raw reads, such as um, the, including the quality of um, the tags and the expected number of cells. Um, but once the alignment is done, we can further use the alignment uh, metrics to further filter cells for high quality. Um, and we, omics soft scientists in general use a standardized set of criteria for data that's processed into our lands from public data sets. And that's shown here. Um, simply put, each cell will be analyzed for the percentage of mitochondrial sequences identified um, of the total mapped reads for that cell, as well as how much spike in contribution there is in, in a particular cell, if that, if that was being used. Furthermore, we'll use um, cells, um, or we'll only use cells that have at least a, a minimal 40% uh, alignment rate to the genome for a human or 30% for mouse. Um, as well as a minimal mapped coverage um, and a representation of at least 250 genes um, expression in each cell. So cells that lack this criteria will be excluded from our lands. Um, and we also allow users of Array Studio to use similar logic to filter their data sets. Um, so during the alignment QC, um, after alignment has been done, users can run this module for quality control um, on their data. And by default, the four criteria that are shown here, um, mapping reads, how many reads were mapped to the genome for a particular cell, um, the mapping rate back to the genome, the mitochondrial contribution, as well as the gene coverage, will all be used to filter cells um, from the BAM file that don't have these criteria met. You can, uh, again, this is all customizable within Omicsoft, so you can uncheck these boxes um, within the alignment QC and, and save all the BAM files. Um, and you can also output a metrics, um, output uh, the results from all of these metrics into a table as shown here. Um, and, uh, and as well as a number of additional metrics that are, um, that can be added in. But by default, we're going to show the four metrics that were used to filter cells within our lands as well as um, within this module here. Um, and so in this table here, the output will show um, so each cell as a row um, and the metrics um, as columns. Um, and in the software, you can easily uh, interact with this and sort these columns or filter for specific um, mapping rates, for example. So the, the next step in the quantification uh, is the quantification of the unique counts that are assigned to each gene um, in each cell. Um, and so just for time's sake, I'm going to kind of um, just skip over this a little bit, um, other than to say that all you need to do is specify where the alignment file is um, and which genome to, um, or gene model to use for the quantification of reads uh, per gene in the uh, in each cell. Um, and then there's one additional advanced option um, that allows users to cluster UMI uh, in other words, um, you can identify instances in which, um, based on count distribution, UMI sequences that appear to be the result of sequencing error can be corrected by the algorithm. So the end result of this analysis will be a counts table in which each row is a gene um, and each column it represents a cell. Um, and this table, like 
uh, all the views I've mentioned before, um, is fully interactive. Um, we can filter to genes of interest or sort columns uh, to see which genes are expressed in the highest or lowest values for um, that experiment. So we've benchmarked our results using our pipeline to the Cell Ranger module that's po uh, provided by 10X Genomics. Uh, and in this graph, um, the count data that was obtained from Omicsoft is on the x-axis and Cell Ranger on the y-axis. Um, and notice that uh, there's a high correlation at both the gene level on the left um, and the cell level on the right for the counts obtained um, using both sets of pipelines. With that said, um, Omicsoft users um, that may already have output data from Cell Ranger can directly input this expression data from other sources such as Cell Ranger um, by using our menu options to add single cell count data. Um, and as you can see here, we've added a module that allows the import of single cell count data, uh, including the matrix format that's provided by Cell Ranger. Um, and what this allows users to do is import the data um, matrix from a different platform, but then use Omicsoft's rich visualizations um, as well as uh, perform some downstream analysis. So now that we have a table of expression, really the next step is to figure out kind of what biological questions we can answer with this. Um, and so Omicsoft developers have had a heavy focus this year on single cell pipelines um, that I've discussed so far today, um, not the least of which is integrating a number of R packages into Array Studio, um, such as TSNI for clustering different subgroups of cells, as well as SURAT to identify differential expression in the highly variable genes um, in a cell population. So in each of these modules, Array Studio can take data that is organized into the project and directly submit analyses into R. Uh, and when the analysis is complete, import the data back in and generate additional visualizations within Array Studio. So among the workflows um, that I will talk about today um, are TSNI, uh, which will allow users to cluster groups of cells, but also um, assign cluster identity to cells using k-means. Furthermore, you can use SURAT again to identify these highly variable genes and the marker genes for each cluster. So in our TSNI module, um, users can specify some basic parameters or just use the defaults that we provide. Um, but we also provide users the option to scale or center their data before performing PCA um, and specify how many um, PCA dimensions to use prior to TSNI analysis. Um, a new feature that was added um, just recently into Array Studio uh, is the ability to cluster using k-means, so the um, option that I've sh uh, shown here. Um, and in the advanced tab of this module, um, users can specify about how many cell types they would expect to see, um, e either the lower bound or upper bound, um, for a particular experiment. Um, and when this job completes, all the cells will be uh, plotted within the uh, visualization like this using the principal components um, on the X and Y axis here, um, and that, therefore clustering the cells into different um, into different subclusters here. So the k-means will allow us to use that uh, k-means identity to now color these clusters based on um, this k-means analysis. And again, using the different values of k-means, we can identify the ones that uh, maybe look the, the most uh, representative of our sample type. 
So once you've identified the clusters in a cell population, um, again, we've implemented SURET in, through Array Studio to help determine the highly variable genes in these clusters, as well as marker genes for individual clusters. Um, so we can ask a number of questions like, what are the differences between um, two of the clusters that were identified in this previous um, plot? Or what are the uh, marker genes for each individual cluster? Um, and specifically, you know, what, what are the highly variable genes in a grouping? Um, this visualization here is uh, kind of the result of running SURET to identify marker genes. Um, and so we can take clusters um, and um, basically ask what is different between group one and all other uh, groups, um, and then perform an, uh, an inference analysis where at the end we'll get what's known as an inference report, which again will have genes represented on, as rows um, and um, log two full change uh, and raw p-values, raw and adjusted p-values represented for each gene. Um, and we can again sort these by full change or p-value to find the genes that are most significantly differentially expressed between um, cells of one cluster versus all other clusters. Um, and so the gene metadata, um, so the unique ensemble IDs along with the gene symbols or gene names can be used to now visualize all of these, um, these uh, differences. And so at this point, again, I'll point out that we've integrated fully with IPA, so we can actually upload this um, data directly to IPA, um, as John Noel will cover more on the next um, webinar. Um, so finally, what we can do with the um, differential gene expression is once we've um, identified the clusters and the marker genes for each of these clusters, we can then um, take the different genes that are expressed um, uh, differentially and um, overlay their expression levels. So the, the red will indicate higher levels of expression um, and kind of show how these cells are truly different from one another. So today I've shown um, our workflows that have been designed for Omicsoft to um, analyze single cell RNA-seq data um, mainly for 10x genomics. Um, and while this pipeline I've discussed today was developed for UMI data sets, I've also referred to data sets that don't um, use uh, UMIs, um, namely the SmartSeq analyses. Um, and John Noel is going to show in the next webinar um, a data set he's analyzed in Omicsoft um, using, using this data type here for type 1 diabetes and some of the downstream analyses before integrating uh, with ingenuity pathway analysis. Um, and so what I wanted to kind of just wrap up with a little bit before I pass the ball to John Noel um, to discuss uh, a little bit of what he's going to cover next week um, is the focus that Omicsoft has had over the last year and especially in the last few months in um, updating our um, single cell analysis modules. So as I showed today, um, we've really focused on this 10x genomics pipeline and improved our pipelines for this analysis um, and, and also the ability for users to, um, uh, to filter cells based on quality of the cells um, and improve the existing views that we had on this. Um, and we've implemented a number of R packages for analyzing um, the, the data once we've generated a quantification table. So um, I'm going to show a quick um, visualization within Array Studio and just open it up for users to see. And what we are currently focusing on is making it convenient for users to 
color um, gene expression um, directly within the TSNI uh, report and visualize many um, genes at once, but also generate a single-step pipeline that can be used um, so that you don't have to necessarily go through all the steps, but just set up uh, the default parameters that you want to use and click go. Um, and then the next focus for our uh, group will be kind of to integrate all of the different single cell data sets that are available and perform more um, analyses across projects rather than just within a project. And so um, these slides will be shared um, later um, after this presentation, but I wanted to point out a couple of different websites for users that um, are not familiar with Omicsoft. Um, but we have a wiki page um, that um, has a number of um, documentation. Um, so what I'm showing here is our single cell module that shows um, our pre-processing steps. And you can actually follow along with the tutorial um, for either 10x genomics or non-UMI uh, or, or other UMI-based studies, um, as well as the non-UMI-based uh, reports. And so this will walk you through step-by-step, step, um, starting with, for example, a 10x genomics data set, um, how to analyze the reads in further detail. Um, and again, based on our, um, on our uh, wiki page, we also have a number of videos that you can use to visualize the powerful analytics platforms as well as visualizations that are available through Array Studio. And so with that, I'm going to just take one minute here um, before I pass a uh, ball to John Noel and just kind of open up um, a project within Array Studio that kind of shows you the user-friendly nature of Array Studio. Um, and so what I've got here is a project that I've analyzed from 10x Genomics, um, where I've gone through the pre-processing alignment and then QC of the alignment um, and generated a clustering analysis such as the one I'm showing you here, where I've clustered um, the 11 different um, subtypes of cells from this experiment. And then I've performed the SURET marker analysis. Um, and again, the, the latest um, set of development that we're working on now is for the identification, um, or once we've identified the marker genes that are expressed, um, to actually color and overlay the, the expression information onto the clusters that we've identified. And so again, we can click on individual um, cells within our um, view here. Um, and browse the metadata within the details view, as well as show for each gene what that gene's expression level was in, in each of these cells here. And so um, all of this can be exported um, either into Excel for the, the table type views or as a text document, um, or the visualizations from the um, TSNI analysis, for example, can be exported as a picture or um, saved as an image or even into PowerPoint. So um, with that, I'm going to come back to my PowerPoint presentation here um, and just kind of wrap up and just kind of, again, hopefully what I've shown you today is that Omicsoft is a really rich um, or a, a great platform for data analysis and visualizing um, data for the biologists and is a perfect way of integrating into Ingenuity Pathway uh, analysis, which John Noel will show in the, in the future slides. So um, again, the theme of this webinar series is going to be on this integration that we at Omicsoft have had with IPA and Kaijin in general. Um, and so John Noel is going to now talk about um, briefly today and then spend 
most of um, next Wednesday's seminar on how you can integrate the data that he's processed in Omicsoft um, and analyze disease versus normal gene expression signatures um, and further generate hypotheses and gain further insight. And so with that, I'm going to um, pause here and pass the ball to John Noel, possibly. Okay. So John Noel, are you on? Yes, I am. Okay. I just need to give you... Okay. Yep. So you should have control now. Yes, I do. So okay. thank you very much, uh, Nero, for that uh, uh, extensive uh, introduction of RS Studio and Omicsoft for the processing of single cell sequencing. Uh, should I uh, add to that that the uh, easiness and and all the way all step uh, are uh, connected to health menus. So biologists uh, with like me that do not understand bioinformatics uh, stats and algorithm per se, but just want to focus on the biology can do that very easily. So that's the, the point I would like to add. And I just would like to show you uh, uh, some uh, teaser what we are going to do on, on next week. So the data, as Sainiro uh, has been processed in RS Studio. This is the typical uh, data set uh, uh, we are going to use. It's a type point diabetes versus uh, healthy controls. Um, we have used the RS Studio to generate from the first few files some BAM files uh, according to the ensemble uh, gene models. We extracted the count. We have done all sorts of alignment and, and QC uh, summary. And we have generated, um, along with the metadata, some uh, reports. The reports are shown here in the inference report, and basically the table, as Nero has indicated, on the rows uh, indicate the transcript of the gene. And we have some for change and, and raw p-value and adjusted p-value, and that table will be exported easily through the integration uh, to IPF. And uh, very easily, I could have extracted the uh, hierarchical clustering as well as the volcano plot on my uh, data here and uh, just a couple of things that we will show uh, next week, obviously. Uh, we can as well uh, show the piling of the reads for the different conditions in type 1 diabetes. And for instance, for insulin, we can, we can see how uh, every uh, um, um, the level of the differential expression of the insulin in uh, the type 1 versus normal. Uh, we can uh, actually, as Nero indicated as well, um, show some uh, clustering using the T-SNE clustering and uh, really find out, non-surprisingly, that uh, for particular genes, the expression can be uh, differential within uh, conditions, but uh, uh, normal or uh, type 1 diabetes for insulin. Insulin can be uh, downregulated in uh, the type 1 diabetes, but you can find out as well that insulin can be uh, um, up or down regulated as well in a normal order control. So that heterogeneity, it can be specified using the T-SNE uh, clustering. And uh, obviously we generate the data, we send that directly to IPA, we can even um, uh, uh, set the parameter for the analysis and send everything to IPA. And I just would like to show you three more slides about uh, the, the, the teaser. Uh, we will be able to determine uh, isoform uh, differential, uh, differentially expressed across uh, tissues and, and looking at specific enrichment. 
that were and that will be the case for the insulin 201. We can also determine uh, through uh, analysis match, which will allow us to compare that type 1 diabetes versus normal across thousands of other data sets and look at a specific set of upstream regulators we think are shared among type 1 diabetes and as well as three other cancers. And that can give you a clue and insight on what needs to be done next. And finally, we can go back to the land as Nero has described and look specifically at certain quartile and the great variation of insulin expression in type 1 diabetes as well in type 2 diabetes versus normal. All of that will be shown on uh, September uh, 5th at our next uh, webinar called the part 2 webinar, if you wish. On that note, I will pass the, uh, the speech to Yi, and I would like to thank everybody to have followed that various uh, uh, talk from Neil. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, Dr. Amin and Dr. Bio. Um, here we have some uh, we have some questions from the audience. I will read it out, so, um, and uh, hopefully you can help answer. Uh, the first question is: Mitochondrial reads uh, were filtered out. What if I'm interested in uh, specifically in mitochondrial expression? Right. So um, I think I mentioned this, but I may have gone a little fast for that part, but. Um, and I will just kind of show you in the module itself. Um, so when we do the advanced um, kind of quality control, um, essentially when you go to filter your um, quality control, you can essentially uncheck this option to filter these, or you could set this at a much higher level. Um, so if you're mainly focused on mitochondrial genes, you'll probably want to just leave this option unchecked, and you can do that. Okay, thank you. Um, the next question is, does the uh, does Omicsoft automatically annotate the cell type based on the uh, well-known markers, or uh, the users can provide the marker information? So um, right now we don't um, automatically annotate cells um, based on known markers. Um, as we generate more um, what are known as LAN data sets, um, where we have further reference, um, one of the things our developers are evaluating is ways to automatically assign um, clusters like that. Okay, uh, the next question is, will differentially express, uh, expressed genes, uh, gene list, show the percentage of cells are expressing the gene? Um, no, um, so it will only show, so again, I, I can show the output result for the inference report. So you're gonna get, when you run Surette within the module, um, you're essentially going to get a list um, or a, a table such as this that shows all of the genes. Um, and so I can do something like this where I sort um, and I show um, the, the p-value, or sorry, the, the full change as well as the p-value for that gene's differential expression. Um, and then you'll see just some basic information as to the average expression in each of the um, clusters that was shown. Um, but you will not get Currently, you won't get a proportion within this visualization. Um, you will get a, what's known as a volcano plot view that will kind of show you um, where each gene lies, and you can, again, interact with these um, volcano plots to see um, what the full change was. Um, but I think the the TSNI view will be where you want to kind of, um, where you can kind of further visualize now 
Um, is it just like a small population of these cells in the cluster that have a higher level of expression, or is it more uniform across that cluster? So I can maybe just show with a, a single cell type here. So for example, these genes were differentially identified in this cluster here um, versus some of the other ones here. And so you can kind of get an idea of the proportions of these cells. And um, there are additional uh, modules within Array Studio that you can actually summarize which counts have um, greater than zero counts, for example. Okay, um, thank you. Uh, and also a follow-up question uh, on this. Um, has TSNE with k-means been um, benchmarked against a 10x? So for the TSNE analysis, we haven't we haven't benchmarked that part against 10x, no. Okay. And uh, the next question is: uh, You use the differential gene expression and marker genes. Uh, interchangeably. However, in your diagram, you do have uh, two separate boxes, one for uh, differentially expressed genes and one for markers. Uh, can you please comment on that? Sure. Um, so essentially, when you run Surat on here, um, you have the option to, um, for example, um, when you, when you uh, choose your cell groups, um, and actually, I don't have that in my list here. But um, so you can essentially choose to um, compare one cluster versus another, um, or you can do one cluster against all others to do uh, the marker analysis. So it's it's just a semantics as far as whether you're comparing among or between individual clusters or comparing one cluster to all. Okay. Um, next question. Um, what methods uh, are implemented in Omics Soft to migrate the F, uh, effect of cell cycle or uh, mitochondrial um, uh, heterogeneity in uh, single-cell RNA-seq? Um, so I'm not aware of anything that is going to specifically talk about um, cell cycle um, within our data set. Um, it's potentially so it, we could definitely work with you on something like that to um, essentially um, upload this data in through IPA and see kind of proportions wise um, are there data sets that uh, or are there clusters of cells that um, reflect a certain cell cycle population or not but um, at this point, there's no there's no features within Omicsoft that's going to speak to the heterogeneity of mitochondrial um, reads or um, uh, or cell cycle population. Thank you. Uh, the next question: uh, Can you incorporate other analysis algorithms such as STEM ID into the software? So I'm not uh, I'm not fully aware of the STEM ID, so I'd have to look into that, but um, Within Omicsoft, um, there are options to, so um, I mentioned that every um, algorithm that's run has an underlying script um, known as OScript. Um, and so you can actually run scripts directly through Array Studio. Um, and so one of the things that we allow users to do is run what's called an eScript, where you can wrap in, if, you, if you're versed in um, programming, um, you can 
you can wrap in external um, scripting um, tools. So, so, for example, I mentioned we have our own Omicsoft aligner. Um, some users still like to use um, either Top Hat or Star Alignment. And so you can um, have that installed on your machine and, and call those programs through Omicsoft um, and wrap in the results um, afterwards. Okay, uh, next question is, what are the different normalization methods for uh, UMI and non-UMI RNA-seq data? Sure. Um, so I think I mentioned it in um, one of these slides here, so I'm just going to kind of go back to the so typically, when we when we display LANs, so we um, some of our LANs products, um, for example, are uh, we have single cell LANs, uh, which is a collection of um, publicly curated um, or publicly uh, of deposited data sets um, that are either from studies using non-UMI or UMI-based approaches, and so we've broken these off into um, basically um, the non-UMI, which are going to use transcript per million. So it's essentially um, normalizing uh, the read count per million reads um, and using transcript size. Um, and then for the UMI approaches, we're just simply normalizing using reads per million. And you can do um, each of these transformations um, directly within um, Omicsoft um, by normalizing RNA-seq data. Um, and you can either do um, a, a, what you call it, a, a, uh, total count, so uh, scaling the reads to reads per million or generating uh, a TPM uh, uh, normalization as well. Okay. Uh, the next question is, um, I just want to know uh, when you filter barcodes, you don't remove tags. Do you keep them during qu uh, quantification? Uh, can you clarify? Sure. So um, essentially, the the tags are stored in um, a separate file. Um, so so during the the processing of the data, we um, kind of will determine, we'll count per cell how many reads there are. But then when it comes to the um, to the where the tag information is stored. Um, so this tag information is going to be stored in uh, a separate file called um, tag.gz. And so when the aligner runs, um, it's going to expect not just the FASTQ file that it's running the alignment with, but it's going to grab the associated tag information from the from the same sample ID, um, just with a with a separate uh, uh, end name of tag.gz. Okay, uh, the final question uh, so far. Um, for single nuclei, uh, nuclei analysis, do you incorporate counts uh, from introns? If so, what method do you use? So um, we've actually just developed a recent um, – this was a request from one of our users, and what we've added is what's called a pre-mRNA gene model. Um, and so this would involve intron um, counting as well. Um, and so we use an RSEM, uh, so basically the gene model that we would quantify with um, would include the intron information as well as uh, the exon information that's normally used. Um, and then you can directly, um, we basically just use a modified gene model that incorporates the introns as well for the counting. Okay. Um, 
For, uh, for some of the questions, uh, I apologize. Uh, due to the time restriction, we are not able to get, around, uh, get to uh, every single question uh, raised by the audience. We'll reach out to you uh, uh, in, uh, individually after the live session. And um, I'd just like to point out, for anyone that's interested, that, that wants to know more about the analytics and things um, of the single cell, feel free to, so I'm one of many um, PhD level scientists within the support team at Omicsoft. Um, and so we can all be reached um, using the support at omicsoft.com uh, if you have any technical questions about um, the pipelines or the software itself. Okay, so um, now I would like to thank you again for attending our webinars today. Uh, I also want to thank Dr. Uh, <coughs> Dr. Amen and Dr. Beal for joining us today to present on this topic. At this time, I will now close the session. Have a great rest of the day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. everyone. Kyogen. Sample to Insight.